coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. La 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 la. Hey guys, Pitmaster here. I'm here with the Doc. John, good to see you as always. Good to see you. We are having a, a, a podcast right now called Pitmaster and the Doc. Guy, go figure. And we're going to talk about UFC Sacramento. And it was a it was a quick card because there was a lot of knockouts. In fact, the last three fights were first round knockouts, I believe. They all were, yep. Yeah, so let's talk about them. Let's start from the beginning. The from beginning. The, from the end? Yeah, from the beginning of the end. Uh, beginning of the end, uh, Germanamane. Uh, Durandamy. Durandamy against Aspen Ladd. Um, main event, five round fight. This was the main event. Uh, five rounder. I I don't think it should have been the main event. I think I think the two below it, either one of them should have been. But whatever. Okay, so it was the main event. Um, is it Uriah Hall in the Hall of Fame? Uriah Faber. Yeah. Uriah Faber had a call up Uriah Hall. Yeah. Uriah Faber. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but but he is coming back after like a close to three year uh, layoff. So okay, so the main event, Bing. It ended up in like 15 seconds, the first round. There was some uh, controversy surrounding this fight. A lot of people thought it was end, ended a little too quick. And there's an argument for that. There's definitely an argument for that. A couple things you got to look at, though. A couple things you got to look at. Number one, we weren't there as close as the ref was. I talked to the ref, Herb Dean. And one of the reasons he stopped it, and we can't, we weren't there for that, was the look in uh, Aspen Ladd's eyes when she, after she got dropped. That means a lot. That means a lot. That tells a lot. With her, uh, you know, her Glasgow Coma scale might have been kind of lower because of that. But um, just, I mean, it's the feeling that he had. He, you know, she wasn't. Moving quick. She got dropped hard, too. Okay? Rolled over. Her face was blank. Um, that was pretty obvious. But we weren't that close. He saw the look in her eyes. And the look in her eyes said, I don't know where I am right now. Okay? Now, you got to realize, as soon as she got dropped, um, um, Jermaine came over there. She was, will she was there. She would have taken her head off with that punch. Because Lad was like, both her hands were on the ground. She would have got like, she would have ate that entire punch. She didn't eat that punch because Herb Dean deflected that punch. So she didn't get hit with that punch. So Lad rolled over and then she got up and then she goes, I'm okay. Well, yeah, you might have been okay then. But you were completely defenseless and with a blank, blank look in your eyes and your hands were on the ground and you almost got hit with one of the most hard-hitting women fighter in the UFC with a completely false crack. We call that a false crack in Hawaii. It means you're not blocking it at all. 
I don't know what would have happened then. So he deflected that shot and stopped it. Maybe what he could have done is let her get hit with that shot and then stopped it. I don't know. All I know is it was controversial and maybe it could have been gone a little bit further and him not blocking that shot. But just remember this, guys. It's better to be stopped a little too soon than a little too late. Because a little too late can mean the difference between brain damage or no brain damage. What do you think? Well, I totally agree. I think when you rewatch it, when you watch it live at 16 seconds, it seems like, oh, it was over so fast. But Herb Dean's been around a long time. He knows what he's doing. And you see different refs have different tolerance for when they'll stop a fight. Some fights look like they go way too long, which is way worse, in yeah. my opinion. Um, so the fight looked, I think, to fans like it stopped too early. It's a main event, 16 seconds. But I think you're right. I think she would have just got hit again senselessly. She had all four of her extremities like on the mat. And she, she, if she ate that punch, that was would have been a full, full force punch. And Herb Dean stopped that. He deflected that so she didn't catch that. She would have caught that square in the face, which means the head. And yes... She had just been knocked out, right? It might have been a short knockout. It was a concussion. So she was concussed bad enough where she fell to the ground. She collapsed to the ground. So there was a concussion there, without a doubt. And she almost ate a second brutal shot, which could have been a second and, and maybe even much more damaging shot. I think it was a good stop. Could have gone on a little longer. But if I was in the corner... Of uh, Lad, I would not have complained about that. And I really she, you wouldn't. know what? She was very respectful after. I didn't see her complain. No. And she might have been still a little dazed anyway, but I don't think she complained no. after that. She talked with uh, Durand and me afterwards. Yeah. And I think she was disappointed. Yeah. For sure. Uh, very disappointing. But it's the fine line in this sport between safety and entertainment. Yeah. yeah. It's between safety and entertainment. And I think a lot of the fans are probably uneducated with head trauma and brain injuries and i think a lot of medical staffs probably you know doctors it's an evolving field so the whole dementia pugilistica into uh cte and what we call it now is something that's still evolving so i think it's devolving it's evolved well the understanding of it's evolving but it was described it's how long evolving. ago when was this described when i was fighting it's like no it was like the 20s like they talked about dementia pugilistica oh, I, I, in yeah. fighters that got punch drunk. You know, punch drunkenness was whatever they called it after that. Yeah. But it's losing some of your cognitive skills. Yeah. Later, after you're done fighting. Yeah, so y'all, there's also uh, some switches and chemical imbalances with uh, because of the elect, you know, the the conductivity. So you get some not just like cognitive. Uh, but you get some, you get some actual uh, physical changes. Uh, um, well, I think you get personality. I mean, if you, you want get, to talk you, about the signs of like CTE, yeah, it's cognitive, so memory. Yeah. Uh, you know, ability. You, you also get personality disorders. Right. So yeah. then the other part is behavioral or personality. So you get people that are suicidal or irritable or aggressive, <coughs> um, like OJ. It should have been OJ's I've been, hit, I've been hit a lot more than OJ, let me tell you that. 
in my fight career, I was hit a lot more than he was. If in his trial happened today, the defense would be yeah. he had CTE, and you can't diagnose it until they're dead. And I'm going to, I'm going to, thanks for telling me that because now. So we got to do an autopsy. No, now <laughs> I'm going to. Uh, donate a little piece of your brain. I'll be a lot more apt to. I'm not going to go into hitting my wife because that's just wrong. And I'm not going to talk about it. So let's change it. But anyway, I think. I think, I think it was a good stoppage. I think it could have gone a little further. Um, if if he let that hit, if that second brutal punch on the ground land, I think it would have turned everything. Um, and I think out of the kindness of his heart and his, his brains, being in there so much, he saw that she was completely helpless and she was about to eat a brutal, brutal punch, which she would not have even close came close to defending. She wouldn't have even gone with it or ducked it. She was about to eat, and he saw that. A brutal punch with a blank stare in her eyes. He made the right choice. So I think he made a very good choice. It's controversial to some fans. And I really don't like when the commentators get in on it. Oh, that was an early stoppage. I don't like that at all. No. Um, I think, you know, and I, and I think even when um, Durandamy was getting interviewed by Bisping. Was it Bisping? Yeah. Afterwards, I think the crowd was kind of booing the fact that she won. And he's like, hey, it's not her fault. She didn't stop the fight. And it's like, well, it's... I think Herb Dean stopped the fight and yeah, he was a like, good stoppage. Yeah. It wasn't his fault either. Yeah. So uh, it wasn't Herb. It wasn't Herb Dean's fault that Aspen Land Lad got knocked out and was helpless on the ground. That's not Herb Dean's fault, and it's not his fault that he has the kindness in his heart and he has the the sixth sense of a of a great referee um, and the instincts of a great referee to stop it when it should be stopped. That's not his fault. That's the way he is. He's supposed to protect the fighter. And and this is fighting. It's a tough sport. But do we want our fighters to be brain damaged and we want them to get stopped too late? No. It's a great sport, and let's keep it that way. And I think he stops the fight knowing, you know, he's there in the middle of a crowd that is hyped. I mean, that crowd was going nuts for, like, yeah. uh, for Uriah Faber. and I mean, this fight was in Sacramento. The crowd was into these fights. And he knows stopping that fight probably isn't yeah. going to be popular, but I think he does the right thing, he and did. I think that's probably, you know, some qualities of a great, great referee. He's, he's a great ref. So I, you got to remember all those fucking people booing and shit for him, all these uneducated f- fight fans that were booing um, Herb Dean. They're the same fight fans that were boor- booing Herb Dean when he stopped the fight against uh, against. Frank Mir against uh, against um, what's his name? Lesnar. No, he got he armbarred. He got armbarred by Frank Mir, and it actually broke his arm. Okay, Herb Dean stopped the fight, and the crowd didn't see that the arm was broken. Shall I look up Frank Mir's uh, record? Um, Tim Sylvia. Tim Sylvia. That's who it was. His arm was actually broken, and the crowd was booing Herb Dean. That's the same people that were booing him this time. They were booing him when he stopped the fight against Tim Sylvia, and they were booing him like they wanted him out of there. And then when they showed the slow-mo on the big screen and you saw, you saw Tim Sylvia's arm actually snapping, the crowd shut the fuck up then. They realized that, oh, Herb Dean... Maybe he does know a little more than you guys do sitting in the cheap seats, 
you know, a, a mile back, not even seeing the action, just wanting more blood. So Herb Dean, great referee, made a great stoppage in this fight, just like he did Frank Mir against uh, Tim Sylvia. Bing. I, I think it's hard to be, you know, revered as a referee because a referee ultimately shouldn't be saying anything and should be just, you know, shouldn't have to really be in the fight. Was he the referee that in one of the other fights he said, don't make me be part of this fight? Was yeah, that Herb it Dean? was. It was like the first fight on the card. Yeah. Maybe that was the Vittori yeah. fight where there was an eye, eye poke. Could have um, been. He said, yeah, don't make me part of the fight. He doesn't want to be part of the fight, guys. I, like, I love that, though. Don't make me part of this fight. Yeah, <laughs> right. But against Tim, against Tim Sylvia, against Frank Mir, he had to be part of this fight, or Tim Sylvia's arm would have been fucking snapped even worse, and he probably would never be able to use his arm again. And in this fight... Maybe Aspen Land would have had a, a serious concussion, maybe even brain, brain damage. So he had to be part of the fight. But you guys, you guys don't understand that. But if it was your son or daughter in there, you'd understand it then and you'd appreciate it then. But since you're not, you don't give a fuck. So you boo the ref because you want to see more blood. Stop it, guys. Stop it. Trust the ref. They know a shit ton more than you do. Yeah, and that being said, they sometimes make bad calls, but it's with good intentions. Yeah. And I don't think this was one of those times. No. But, uh, you know, they're human, yeah. too. Yeah. That stuff happens. And it's they have to make a split-second decision, and you can't undo decisions that they make. Yeah, you, can't <laughs> you cannot un undo a, a referee stoppage, just like you can't unsuck a cock. Okay? Certain things can't be undone, and that's one of them. So... I think he made it a great call. I think he's still one of the top three referees in the world. And he's, he's I think, you know, he's up there. I, if I had my fighter fighting, I'd want, if I want my son was fighting, I'd want him refing every fucking time. So, bang, that's where we go. Let's talk about uh, Uriah Faber. Uriah Faber. Ricky Simone. Oh, my God. This, this is, I was expecting bad things. So they did not give Uriah Faber an easy comeback fight. No, this he was, was the underdog. He was. He was the underdog. They bring him back out of the Hall of Fame, out of retirement. Geranamine was the underdog, As too. An underdog. I think Geranamine was the underdog, too, by the way. So he was the underdog. They give the... Yeah, I just... I just because think he hadn't fought in three years, and, and he's not a knockout guy, per se. He wasn't. He is now. Um... So he wasn't looked at as that knockout guy. What else? What could he do? You know, he's he's a wrestler that he grinded on people, and he would submit a guy here and there. But mainly, he would he would he would grind guys to a decision. But against uh, Ricky Simone, Ricky Simone wasn't expecting that overhand right. That overhand right, it's a brutal, most the most basic strike in all of martial arts, the most basic strike in all of fighting. And it's as effective as it is against, uh, you know, in, in, in UFC as it is in boxing, as it is in the street, as it is in MMA or kickboxing. It is a brutally effective strike, brutally uh, basic strike. And we saw how it worked in this fight. And he was on top. It swarmed him after oh. he knocked him down and didn't really give the ref a chance or an option. He just... Uh, he it was a TKO, right? Yeah. 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 It was a TKO. Or in the so. 48 seconds in the first round. So these, oh. first, these last few fights went by pretty fast. Yeah. Then we had, then we had so hooray for uh, uh, Uriah Faber. He's back. So Definitely 40 back. years old. He was fighting a guy in his 20s. 26. 14 years. 
14 year yeah, uh, they did not give him an easy fight no back. He, that was not an easy fight but he made easy work of it and he proved that he does he he left he came back right where he left off yeah so that was good to see it was good to see the 40 year old guy yeah kicking some butt out there yeah. and then the next fight was josh emmett against uh bektich is that how you say his name i don't know bektich i thought it was bektich bektich but... But, I mean, let me just say something. Josh Emmett is the Mike Tyson of MMA. He is so fucking hard. You're just waiting for him to touch you. You're going to sleep. He has become... He's a wrestler, right? He trains with, he trains with alpha, you know, Team Alpha Male. Most of them are wrestlers. They have a really strong wrestling base. So does he. But his striking is getting better and better and better. And he's becoming a fucking feared knockout puncher. Let's not forget his last three fights. Check this out. Well, three of his last recent fights. Okay. He knocks Lemos out with a fucking picture perfect left hook. It's like, it's like out of a fucking boxing manual. Knocks him out cold with a left hook. Okay. Then... He knocks out. Um, he knocks out uh, Michael Johnson with a brutal overhand right, faking a shot into an overhand right. One of the most basic, beautiful shots, punches in all of martial arts. Knocks him out cold, cold. So now you're thinking, man, this fucking guy hits hard. He's starting to. He's got some lead in his fists. This fight, he knocks this guy down, like basically knocks him out. With a fucking jab. He hits him with a jab and drops the guy. And then just swarms him and finishes him. But for all intents and purposes, that jab is what knocked out uh, Metlik. What is it? Metlik? Bektik. Bektik. Yeah. Bektik. 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 It knocked him out with a jab. So you look at someone like Josh Emmett. He's like a fucking MMA Mike Tyson. But I don't think I've ever seen Mike Tyson knock anyone out with a jab. Beautiful, short, powerful jab. Fight before that, beautiful left hook. Uh, I mean, fight before that, beautiful overhand right against Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson. And then the fight before that against Lemus. Knocked him out with a beautiful left hook. This guy is a knockout puncher. He's one of the most feared Pound for pound, power punchers in the USC today. Josh Emmett, you're going to see him fighting for a title very soon. Bing. He's 14 and 2. He's, he's, he's been bro. doing great. He's, 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 he's going. He's going places. So, um, that's, all, that's all I got to say about that. But, I mean, these guys, these guys are... Uh, these guys at Alpha Male, man, they're fucking... Just, what a camp. I mean... Some of these camps now, they're just like, they just attract the best fighters. ATT, unfucking believable. AKA, unfucking believable. Factory X, unfucking believable. Um, what about Adesanya? He comes out of. Uh, yeah, yeah. King yeah. something? Yeah, King's MMA in San Diego. No, he's in New Zealand no. or something. No, he's. That's. King's is in San Diego. Is it? It was, yeah. Check it out. They might have one. They might have another one. I thought he one. trained uh, in Australia or New Zealand. Oh, Anasanjo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of uh, Dos Janos. Dos, uh, 
Yeah, because he's kings. Where's Dos Sanos? Here, I'll tell you where he trains. Yeah. New Zealand. He's yeah, he did. Nigerian-born New Zealand. Yeah, but what team is that? I don't even know. I don't know if he comes from a big team. Kings MMA. Check out Kings MMA. Yeah, I think Kings MMA is in San Diego. I'll look it up. Yeah. So, anyway, these camps, though, I mean, they're, like, becoming fucking breeding grounds. They're becoming breeding grounds for, uh, for fighters. It's scary shit. I mean, it's a sport, okay? Um, but realize, these guys coming out of these camps um, that are training for a sport, they're fucking brutal. They're, they're, it's a brutal fucking... Uh, it's, it's, it's a brutal sport that can translate into, uh, into um, just killing. I mean, killing. I mean... <laughs> They become fucking machines of of uh, of martial arts. I mean, they're becoming such great martial artists. It's like you watch the earlier UFCs. It's like nothing, nothing compared to the way these guys are now. The, these guys have become machines uh, of just fighting machines. Anywhere the fight is, they're you know they're 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 equipped and they're fucking talented anywhere. So anyway. It's it's brutal. It's brutal. But that overhand oh, right. What? He's from City Kickboxing, which is in New Zealand, not yeah. Kings. Yeah, it's City Kickboxing. Yeah. So anyway, these guys are these guys are so good. It's just it's just scary how good they are. But um. So, what what else we got? The only other thing going on in my world is uh. Down by my house, there's a uh, there's a beaver, in the rip in the little creek. And he's making a giant mess. He's taken all the trees down. He's made a big giant pond for himself. So we went down there to take pictures yesterday. And the neighbors came out and they hate the beaver. Because he comes in their yard and he eats, he ch cuts down their fruit trees and drags them back into his, uh, <laughs> into his, like his den. I don't know if he's saving them for later or using them to build his hut. But I was down there. I think they're going to call it Trapper. I was like, this thing's so cool. It's giant. And uh, it's just a creek. But I, I think he goes in and wreaks havoc in the neighbor's yards. Did you know we had beavers here? No. That's pretty cool. Huh. He's just swimming around the pond. Like, he made himself a pond out of the creek. He, like, blocked it. I guess that's what beavers do. It was pretty cool. Took my kids down there to check him out. But anyway, the neighbors came out and talking about calling him the trapper. The trapper's going to kill him. Yeah. They don't relocate him. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we, we talked to them about uh, not hurting our local beaver. Yeah. Anyway, they probably will anyway. <laughs> I didn't know we had them here. It was pretty cool. We saw some trees that were like cut down, and we're like, oh, "That's weird." And we started looking around, and he just swims around. He checks you out. He's looking at you. He doesn't go hide or anything. Man, I, I hope they don't do anything to that fucking beaver. <laughs> I if they do, I won't tell you. It'll bum you out. And I did a self defense class for uh, a bunch of teenage and early twenty year old girls today, who are going off to or going back to college. On self-defense. That's great. Yeah. I so, think you did that for one of my daughters before they went to yeah, college. Yeah, I did. I did. And, and the, mo the most important thing to remember, guys, if your daughter's going to college and, you know, anti-rape, anti-molesting, anti-beating, or anti-hurting, don't go to a bar and get drunk. That's just, that's the most important, that's the single most important. Or, or a frat house. Yeah. Or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Okay. Let me rephrase, let me rephrase that. 
Don't go any to don't go to any public place. That means a party, a frat house, wherever the party is, and drink. If you must get drunk, then drink with your friends, only your friends at your house or at their house, where there's no driving, you never have to drive, and there aren't a bunch of like fucking predator type people, like rapists or some kind of terrible fucking pathos, path, pathological psychopaths there. Because as soon as you get drunk, they're going to jump you and either hurt you or rape you. And I think one step beyond getting drunk is even if you only drink one drink and there's something in it. So yeah. that's something we've always taught our daughters about never taking an open drink from anyone. That's, doesn't matter that's, who it yeah, is. Yeah, that's good too. And, and so when people, I mean, when people say, well, I got to go, you know, you got to do that. That's the college experience. Yeah, it's the college experience if you want to get fucking raped and beaten. If not, have fun. Go to a bar. Drink fucking water. I swear to God, I used to... Anyone that recognized me, remember me. My name is John Hackleman. Grew up in Kamaki, Hawaii, Honolulu. I used to pretend I was getting drunk. I used to fill my beer can. It was Primo or Olympia with water. And, th- and pretend I was getting drunk. But I didn't want to get drunk. Even in my early teens, I didn't want to get drunk in a party because I knew a fight might break out. And I want to be ready in case it did. Well, guess what, girls? A rape might break out, and you don't want to be drunk in case it does. So just stay sober. It's not that big of a deal. You can have just as much fun sober, as long as everyone else gets drunk, as you can drunk. It's more fun being sober while everyone else is drunk, because you can laugh at how stupid they act. Okay? And and it's a no-brainer. Then if you have to get drunk, first of all, if you have to get drunk ever, you're an alcoholic, you should go to AA. Nobody has to get drunk. But if you feel like you have to get drunk, you're an alcoholic. Go get some help. But if you just want to get drunk, get drunk with your friends at their house where there's no questionable people. It's a no-brainer. I'm 60. I've never been drunk in a bar. I've gone to bars since I was 15, hulas in Honolulu. And I've danced and I've hung out. I've pretended I was drunk. I've never been drunk. And I've had so much fun. It's not even believable. It's so unbelievable. In, so in your self-defense class for young women, obviously, number one, one. is that. Yeah. It's not, nothing about martial arts or no. training or anything. More important than all those things. Much more important. Is what else do drunk. you teach them at that class? I, I teach them some really basic self-defense uh, techniques because you can't learn like how to throw the left hook, how to weave, spinning hook kick, you know, double leg takedown. You can't learn that in one one-hour course, but you can learn this. If, if you say no... Not if you get drunk and you have sex with a guy and then wake up and say, oh, it's rape, I didn't know it was him. That's not what I'm talking about. But if you say no, I don't care if you're sober or drunk, the second you say no, whether you're the girl or the guy, and the person doesn't take that no, that's rape. And you need to fight for your life because of it. Once you say no, if they keep coming at you, defend yourself. And if that means taking their eyes out, gouging their eyes out or biting the side of their face off they deserve it because once you say no they need to back the fuck off and say okay i'll go find someone else and if they don't that makes them a rapist right then and there what do you think no i think your class could be very popular and very useful for more than just you had like you know a few kids here this should be something that's done i i think it should be public service it should be and and you can't really teach 
technical techniques in an hour course, but I can teach someone what simple things to do if the guy won't back off. Or it's the girl, but unfortunately for our uh, gender, most rapes are our guy and girl because of our testosterone. So, and it's not, I'm not making excuses for it, but I think if, if you're drunk and you don't know the guy, but you take him home and you have sex with him, it's not rape. I don't care. But the second you say no, I don't care what uh, what 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 uh, level it is at that at the sex. Once you say no, it should stop right then and there. And anything past that is rape, and you should treat it as rape. And you should if if you take their eyes out because you gouged them out after you said no, he's a rapist. He doesn't deserve to see anyway. Okay, you say no, it's over. So what do you do? You think women? Like like on a college campus or in town or whatever, they should an untrained person should they have some sort of equalizer, yes. some kind of weapon? Like what? I mean, what would you recommend I, they carry around? I think they should carry around their thumbs to dig out an eye or their teeth to bite someone's face off. Now, if they want to train, if they want to train, they can learn how to punch and kick. If they if they want to train, they can learn how to use a. Uh, uh, pepper spray if they want to train they can learn how to use a knife or a gun but if you carry any equalizer but you don't put in the time to train with it or if you get drunk then that equalizer is going to be used on you and if you get drunk and you're carrying an equalizer around you ask for it <laughs> i'm but sorry yeah, but i think our local range has classes to use pepper like for using pepper spray and stuff like hey, that you should learn how to use it and then it's when not you just having it it's knowing how to never use it. carry right but whether you learn how to use it or not never carry a weapon if you're intoxicated because that weapon is now going to be used on you and you're like asking the guy to do it so stay sober unless you're with a group of well trusted friends do not be drunk in an open place where there's people that you don't know. Because if you don't know them, you have to assume that they're bad people. Because if you don't, and they are, you're fucked. That was that video we saw, that local video in a bar we saw. You never know the people that are hanging around in the bar that, no. you're, that you're in. And once you're drunk, you're a sitting duck. I don't say you deserve it, but you ask for it, whatever happens. I don't think you deserve it, but you ask for it. Just like if you get the behind the wheel... Of a car, if you're drunk, whatever happens, you you just ask for it. You should really be touring, doing a seminar on <laughs> this topic. I mean, because this is a, you know, it's a huge part of self defense. Huge. That's just common sense. It's not the training portion. No, people don't want to hear it. They go, "Oh, I can drink. It's not my fault." I'm not saying it's your fault. You just ask for it. Yeah, you should be on a college tour. Yeah. If I go in, let me tell you something right now. If I go right now into Compton and I have a shirt that says, I hate all blacks, you know, I might not deserve getting my ass whooped, but I'm, I just ask for it. That's, I mean, that's all. And that's what you are if you're in a bar and you're getting drunk. Anything that happens after that, you ask for it. And I'm telling you, you can have so much fun just ha without being drunk. You can have so much fun. I've had so much fun in my life. In bars, dancing, having fun, hanging out, you know. And if you need, if you need alcohol to have fun, you're a fucking alcoholic, and you need a. Have you always been that way, or did always. you go through a period never. when you were younger? Never, never. I've always, when I was fourteen, 
getting drunk at parties, or everyone's getting drunk at parties, I was always putting water in my Olympia or my Primo cans and pretending I was drunk. I'd be like, hey, what's up, guys? And I wasn't drunk. I never got drunk. And I'd laugh at drunk people thinking how stupid they were. And I'd like spit like, I'd make like stream spits with my water on people. And they'd like look around not knowing what's going on. And I'd, be, I'd just have fun with drunk people. Because drunk people are there for us to have fun with. Stay sober in the bar, drink fucking water, have a non-alcoholic beer, and act like you're drunk, and then fuck with the drunk people. I'm not saying you should beat them up or, or, or be, you know, aggressive with them or hostile, but have fun with them. They're, just, they're there for our entertainment. That's what drunks are for. <laughs> you realize you're in the minority of the... That if I'm in the minority, then fuck the majority. The, the majority is <laughs> a bunch of goddamn alkies. They don't deserve... To be the minority. Wait, what? I don't know. What but Whatever. On that note. On that note. Thanks till, for coming, till guys. Next time. And remember, we are the best podcast in the world. Herb Dean, best ref. Thanks for doing what you're doing, and thanks for protecting our fighters. I yeah, appreciate it. Good call, Herb. Thank you. <laughs>